Welcome to Thawhack. So for starters, I, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out to, to have this conversation with me. The I mean, way before uh, they reached out and, you know, connected us to have this conversation, I was a fan of IMVU because of, I believe, what you guys were able to do with the, that whole Kim Kardashian app thing. Yeah. And I mean, I whenever we get the chance, we'll, we'll definitely touch on that. But uh, first and foremost, um, yeah, welcome. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, I, I mean, I'm excited. I actually, your, your book that you recently came out with is, is on my, my list. And it's, I didn't know this, but it's part of a, a larger series. Yeah, it's part of the uh, the uh, the lean startup series. Um, so I, I don't know if you remember um, the, the, there was a book called Lean Startup that was written probably around ten years ago, um, and uh, that book became one of the best selling business books. But it was all around the concept of creating a minimal viable product. So you know, instead of trying to create the perfect product and, and launching it, the idea was try to create. A, you know, a, a version of the product and put it out there and then try to, you know, iterate and improve the product over time by getting real customer feedback and, and data. And um, that, that book was done by Eric Reese, who's actually a, um, a co-founder of, of, of Envy, where I work right now. And, and, and that, that book was actually based on what he had done at Envy. So, you know, the whole concept of the, on the minimal viable product was, was created at Envy, which a lot of, you know, most startups now sort of follow that whole mantra on, on product iteration and creation. Okay, so it's, it's Envy, not IMVU. Yeah. yeah. In my defense, um, <laughs> I, I first was introduced to the company at a trade show, and uh, I guess the the person who was representing the company called it IMV or whatever. I think it yeah. was like a, at the time uh, you could do like, you know, personal apps or personal characters for, for yourself or, you know, loved ones or kids or whatever, which was, which was really cool. Um, so your, your follow-up to his book is sort of expounding on the original book, but from the, from the point of view of, um, incorporating like AI. Yeah. So, you know, you know, the original book was all around sort of creating, it was all about being data driven and trying to create the perfect product. But, you know, as everybody knows, you know, once you have the product that that doesn't guarantee your business is going to be successful because after that, you know, the next big challenge is really how do you acquire customers and more importantly, how do you generate revenue? And so what my book does, you know, it, 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 it kind of, connects the dots from, you know, from the lean startup about creating the product. But after that, how do you get better, faster and smarter around, you know, customer acquisition, retention and monetization. And, and a lot of that um, nowadays, because there's so much data that's out there about yeah. customers. So, so really your data and, you know, if, if you use your data correctly, it becomes your superpower for growth. And, and that's what the book goes into. And it talks about how AI can really help you turn data into a superpower to grow your business. 
especially when you're your startup and your resources are, are minimal, manpower is minimal, and you could basically kickstart and I, I guess essentially evolve over time, sort of learning as you go and becoming more efficient at um, like uh, customer acquisition. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the idea is, as you said, resource constraints is 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 always a challenge for for any business, but especially a startup. And so the idea is, how do you continue to leverage to get more done with less? And so you know, it's so with AI uh, and and automation, you know, you can literally have like an an intelligent machine that's able to do a lot of the um, the execution work for us. So so it, it enables you to to just run a lot of experiments and learn quickly to really figure out what, what's working or what's not working without needing to continue to keep hiring a lot of people to help you do that work. And so ultimately, it helps to reduce your risks to try and figure out their answers a lot faster in terms of where you need to, where you need to go next to get, you know, to acquire the right types of customers, uh, build the right types of product experiences and figure out the right ways to, to monetize those customers. So in, in the, in the part of the, I guess the experimenting and, and figuring things out with customers, how, how best would a startup acquire said data? Yeah. So, you know, you know, the starting point is to, to at least have some data to work with and and generally you know uh, you know um, once you've got some customer data then you, you know with AI it will help you to identify like who's your best quality customers right because because in your data you know one way to look at that is who spends the most amount of money with you or who's who invests the most amount of time into your product, depending on what okay. your success metrics are. And, 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 and once you sort of, once, once you sort of identify, Hey, you know, these are the types of users that, that, that we know represent our best lifetime value customer, then AI is able to sort of take that. And then, you know, mo- you know, most places where people spend money is, is things on social networks, like, like Facebook or Instagram. And you could or, like access your, your metrics on there. Like pretty exactly. Yeah. So you can kind of take that data and then you can sort of, you know, have AI sort of, you know, build audiences across all of those platforms and, 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 and help you to match up to, you know, the, these are the users that match up to the ones that are really your best time value customers. So they call it lookalike. So, so it helps you to build better audiences and, 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 and so that's one thing, it, you know, it, it will help you to target the right people. But then the other thing it really helps you do is figure out what's the right message to target people with, because, you know, targeting people with a wrong message isn't going to get the, the right result. And, you know, there's a lot of things that people talk about personalization, but personalization kind of starts at the ad level where, you know, you're capturing, you're targeting the right person and you're capturing their attention with the right message so that it enables them to, for your for your ad to stand out from all of the other ads that are out there. And, and then, you know, figuring out what's the right way for them to respond to your ad. And then, you know, once, once you know where the users are coming from, then it's a matter of creating the right experience within the product and trying to predict that pretty quickly based on what users are doing or not doing to identify what's the right 
experience that you want to sort of navigate them through in your product or service that will enable them to get engaged into the product as quickly as possible. And, 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 and that's about really identifying, you know, what's the best value proposition to, to show the user based on the intent that's bringing them into the product. So when we're, when we're talking about, um, again, acquisition of customers and, yeah. and scaling your business um, through, through the use of AI and using uh, the, the consumer data, we like, and I've had this conversation recently with uh, a couple of colleagues, where does, um, uh, I guess, ethics play a role in, in the, the use and the acquisition of, of said data when you're scaling? We're talking about a lot bigger companies. It's a small yeah. startup isn't really too worried about that. But when you're talking about a company like, a, say, like a Facebook or a Netflix or something. Yeah, you know, I feel, you know, with, with any AI, you know, that you use, it's always good to have some human oversight in, in, into what, the AI is actually doing, and and ultimately, there's a there's, you know it's building an algorithm. An algorithm is, is 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 kind of a prediction and a recommendation based on what the data is doing, and you know, you know the key thing is to really you know give 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 the AI a clear outcome in terms of hey this is what we're trying to optimize towards. Like what's your what's your definition of success? Whether it's to acquire a customer at a certain cost or to to get a certain return on investment based on how much money you spend in and, and 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 how much money you need to recoup within a certain time frame and and then based on that you know one of the things that you want to keep that we do and 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 you know it's important to do is 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 continue to keep having some kind of oversight into is is the machine actually targeting the right people that that's based on the values of the of the business for example you know if diversity is a value which it is for us we yes. want to make sure that we're targeting a broad subset of users and we're not just honing in on, on, on a certain type of user that that inherently you know may look good in the short term but it but it injects a bias into our community because then our community is going to be over indexed on a certain type of um ethnicity for example which 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 then doesn't kind of you know um doesn't work into the long-term um value of diversity which is what we want our we want our community to be as diverse as possible so people can feel safe to share and and uh, in an environment and 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 be able to like engage with people in in a way where, where where they don't sort of feel like you know, they're being restricted on, on, on how they want to express themselves. Yeah, because um, a lot of, uh, especially when we're, in, we're having a conversation about AI, and I know we're, we're drifting off and I'm going to recenter us in a bit, but a lot of conversations around AI, especially in relation to data, is, uh, I guess, the, the general public not really having, I, I guess, a, a solid understanding of how valuable and how much money like these companies are generating off of, of off of their data and how best to protect that data or i guess um have equity in in the overall process of how like you know and when the data is being used yeah you know i think you know you know one of the things that's really important is is to be transparent about how you use data for, with customers and 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 you have to provide 
uh, you know, uh, a value, you know, you have to exchange value because, because data at the end, end of the day, if somebody's sharing data about, Hey, this is who I am, this is what I like, you know, then, 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 then they're sharing a part of them with you and, and, and in exchange for, for, for you taking that and providing them a really relevant personalized experience. So for us, you know, we don't really use data to, to, to just go and like sell data. That's not really what we do. We, we really use data to try and create good, personalized, relevant experiences and, to, and come up with recommendations within our product. So our product is a social network. So, you know, the data enables us to try and match people up with other users that have similar interests. It enables us to make recommendations on products because a lot of people create virtual um, worlds and customize their avatar in different ways and different tastes and fashion. So if we have an idea in terms of, um, you know, what kind of fashion taste somebody has or what kind of um, chat rooms might be really good for them to connect with other people based on those interests, then those are the, that's how we sort of use that to come up with recommendations. Uh, and, um, and, and, and then the other thing we know is there's certain people who are going to be more likely to purchase like MVU credits to, to, to redeem, to buy this stuff. And there's certain people who may not have the means to, to, to buy those credits, but they want to earn those credits. So what we try to do is, give, is, is try to match people up and give them the options. Like either you can pay for the credits or you can try to earn it by, by, by doing actions like watching videos or filling out surveys. But, but that's another way that you can get those credits without needing to spend money, but, but still enjoy the, you know, the, the full experience of what the MBU virtual reality world's all about. So um, outside of the, the, the uh, consumer acquisition side of, of AI, what other ways can a company basically, I guess, optimize their day-to-day -day using artificial intelligence? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, ultimately there's so many like use cases where you can use AI, you know, you know, you know, there's, there's like the practical use case and there's kind of the outlandish ideas, right? You know, you know, I, for, for us, you know, and, and my recommendation is, you know, that it's always good to sort of focus on 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 ways to use ai where 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 it's solving a problem that isn't just relevant today but will be relevant you know five ten years down the road because because ultimately it, it it takes an investment of time and resources and so you know you want to make sure that you continue to get payback for all of that time and resources that have been invested so you know, outside of like acquiring customers, retaining customers, and monetizing customers, you know, you know, you know, AI, AI is all about just it's it's all about data at the end of the day. It's it's like taking data and then processing data to to try and come up with predictions and outcomes. So that can kind of help you with forecasting. You know, if you if you if you had an e-commerce business, it would be about you know how how much product do you want to do you want to manufacture or how much product do you want to order based on, you know, um, you know, seasonality and, 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 and ultimately, you know, come up with the optimal sort of um, forecasting around different products with customer service. It really helps out because, you know, uh, there's a cost, you know, cause ultimately AI is either going to help you save money or it's going to help you make money. And, 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 and it helps you save money by reducing the number of like, agents that you might need to hire in a call center, if you can get an AI machine to be a lot better 
at answering questions that that customers have then 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 it stops the number of people that need to get on a call so that, so that's that's an example of cost saving and another area where ai really helps is 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 around fraud mitigation and detection like you know in in the finance industry you know a lot you know a lot of these credit cards that end up getting stolen one of the reasons why they're able to predict out pretty quickly if if certain transactions are fraudulent or not it's based on ai that that sort of looks at all these patterns and behaviors and and if they spot anomalies for example you know if they know that I live in San Francisco and suddenly somebody's using my credit card in like Turkey, then, then, you know, I mean, that, that, that's one of like hundreds of different signals that they're probably looking at to, to try and detect, Hey, this doesn't look right. We need to send an alert to verify, was this the right transaction or not? And, and, and then beyond that, you know, AI can, can, you know, can, can really help in, in terms of like just training uh, what, you know, I mean, AI, can, can can help with with developing skills and and education and and healthcare for example you know right now everybody's talking about this cure to to create a vaccination for covid-19 but one of the reasons why they're talking about hey this could potentially be here in in the next let's say 12 to 18 months is cuz ai is doing a lot of testing around all of the data they're getting around where these outbreaks are happening and then trying to sort of take that data on, on outbreaks like what were people doing that that before they ultimately got infected and then you know what, what are things that they are doing when they're infected that 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 they're surviving versus dying and and you know this would normally take a, a long time right? and and when they, when they start testing these different um, um, clinical trials around the vaccinations normally it takes a lot longer to try and get that data and process it but because they're using AI they're able to process it at a much faster rate to 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 de- to develop insights which is why they're able to right now get through the different stages and and to of 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 clinical trials which and and i think one of those is now kind of in the final stage which wouldn't have been possible you know even like five ten years ago because normally it takes like three to four years to to kind of you know aggregate and 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 have that high level of accuracy you know in, in in your predictions like in business you could probably be off you know, in terms of predicting something, you know, around sales or, or, or acquiring customers. And, 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 and even if your accuracy isn't, let's say, you know, uh, 80 is 80%, you'll probably be comfortable with that because, you know, because you're willing to take the risk of, of, of being wrong 20% of the time. But when it comes to human life, you want accuracy to be a lot higher, like 99.999%, which is why, you know, it, you know, um, you, you definitely want to have AI to, to be there to help you to, to get enough data and, and get to that higher level of accuracy. Yeah. And you would definitely hope that was the thinking. I'm, I'm, That's right. hoping, yeah. Was, yeah. I'm hoping somebody's not somewhere like, Oh, well, you know, 80% is good. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so um, what do you think about guys? And I know we're, we're kind of harping on AI and we'll, we'll jump yeah. off for a second. My segues are like the awful, by the way. Um, <laughs> what do you think about guys like uh, Elon Musk who sort of have like the opposite idea of AI and they're sort of carrying this gospel of like doom and gloom and AI plus quantum computing could be like the end of the world kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, um, 
Yeah, people definitely have different perspectives, and I think Elon Musk is 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 is, is such a well-known person in the, you know in the world that anything he says obviously carries weight. But but I but I feel like he's looking at it from a different level because the reality is with any technology, there's 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 good and bad uses depending on how on on how you develop it. For me, you know, the most important thing that we have to remember is that artificial intelligence is created by human intelligence. So we shouldn't be thinking like we're the victims of this technology, but but we're the creators of this technology. So like like with anything, you know, we have the ability to put guardrails and checks and balances in place to make sure that this technology is going to be used for good versus for evil, so to speak. And, you know, and, and I think what Elon Musk is saying that if this, if, if this is allowed to go on without having oversights and checks and balances in place, then, then it could ultimately be used in an evil way, right? Uh, I don't think, you know, um, that robots are going to be able sort of take over the world. <laughs> Terminator it's, scenario. Terminator scenario. Although those, I mean, that, those are the sort of stories that sell great movies though, right? You know, and books. But, but, but what I feel is, is just like with anything, you know, your technology is really there to really, it, at, at the core, to help provide more value to our life by, by, by helping us save time or, 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 or be more efficient in, in, you know, and, and so, you know, with, with, with AI in the extreme form, you know, ultimately, you know, if, if, if it ends up going down that path, then it's really because, you know, there, there weren't checks and balances that were put in place to, 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 to limit and mitigate those kind of risks. Huh. Yeah. But, but, but at the core, you know, it's like, like, I mean, I'll take the navigation as a good example. You know, uh, I don't know about you, but it saves a lot of arguments with your spouses, right? When you get in a car yeah. and, 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 and trying to fight over directions. But, 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 but that's kind of like what AI is. You know, it has to know, like, what do you want, right? It's got all this data. And if you tell it the direction of where you want to go and, and where you're starting, it will figure out a way to get you there. You may need to recalibrate along the way if you get off course, but it will, it will kind of... The, the hope is that this becomes like sort of an extension of yourself yeah. and it, it accentuates you versus starts to think on its own. And again, Terminator scenarios, end of the world sort of thing, which is, I guess, what Elon's thinking. Yeah, that's right. Like with anything, you want to make sure that you always continue to put a switch in there that you can turn it off when you need it, right? Yeah, yeah hopefully. <laughs> okay. So um, in, in regards to startups, you've been a part of some of these massive companies, like, uh, for instance, Roku, which, I mean, started off as uh, this sort of small niche kind of product and now has, I, I feel like, become a leader in the whole like uh, cutting the cable uh, world and that whole idea of uh, streaming versus cable and, and all of that. When you have ideas that I, I guess shake things up or I guess disrupt normal everyday life, how, like, how do you spot these, these opportunities? How do you feel like, okay, this is going to be something big? That's a really good question. I, I think the more you can relate to any to any any pain point personally, then then 
then it kind of motivates you even more to try and find a cure for it, so to speak. And, um, you know, um, uh, you know, a lot of the companies that I've been fortunate to be part of, you know, uh, we're trying to solve for, for problems that, that I could relate to. And, 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 you know, I think, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, and that kind of, you know, help because, because, because I was able to personally relate to, to, to what they're trying to sell for. But the other thing that I will put out is with, with any startup, there's no guarantee that it's ever going to work out. Right. It's like, you always have the, the, this aspiration dream that, Hey, this is, this thing could be successful. But the reality is that 95% of startups fail. Right. And, you know, and, and for the most part, you know, uh, the, the thing, the, the better thing to, to keep in mind is, 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 is whether it succeeds or fails, you, you, you just want to make sure that, that you put the right process in place to, to at least give it the best chance to succeed. And, and so, you know, one of the best ways to do that is to continue to, to, to run as many, to, is, is continue to have this mindset around learning about um, running as many experiments as possible, having a hypothesis like, hey, you know, should we do this with a product? Should we do that with a product? Should we try to acquire this customer or acquire that customer? But the idea is run as many experiments and, and, and try to figure out, you know, um, whether something's going to work or it's not going to work and, and, and try to get to that learning by spending the least amount of money as possible so you don't end up like, you know, um, wasting a lot of money because at the end of the day, the reason why a lot of startups fail is because they run out of money. So, so, you know, preserving capital as much as possible and, and increasing your velocity of learning is, 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 is the way <clears throat> to try and become successful. And now, as opposed to before is now you can leverage AI to really enable you to, 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 to have a limitless scenario of creating all these different hypotheses and be able to run experiments and get all this data and get the answers a lot quicker. And, 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 and that's why, you know, you know, I think AI is going to be, is going to really help a lot more startups to become more successful because it's going to kind of cut out the learning curves that, that happen to try and figure out if something is, is working or not. And, and then the other thing with, with startups is, you know, at least the ones that end up becoming successful, you know, it's, it's really important to, to, to figure out if there's, if, 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 if it's, if it's trying to solve something, is it really solving something that's going to be meaningful for a lot of people, which, which, which is known as like, what's the total addressable market? Like, like, is it solving something that's, that's only a problem for a few people or, or, or is it something for, for millions of people? Cause that really determines how, how big the business is going to end up becoming. Because if you, if you, if you solve something, but, but only a few people find it interesting, it's never going to become big, no matter if you do everything else right, you know, because there's just not enough demand for it at the end. So the, with everything going on with, with COVID, do you feel like it, it, how drastically do you feel like it changes the whole startup market, even in regards to like, um, the, with all the help from AI, all the resources you could possibly have, with everything going on with COVID, do you feel like, um, like for instance, I, I had a conversation with uh, someone last week who believes companies who were viable before COVID will remain viable and the companies that were going to fail 
before COVID or are failing during COVID, we're going to fail anyway, or this is just something where we, we definitely need um, like help from the, the public sector to come in and kind of like, I guess, post up and hold up the, the, the startup community. Yeah, so what I would say, I mean, COVID-19 is, is really unfortunate. You know, it's impacting so many people and businesses and economies and, and health in, 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 in so many drastic ways. But one thing that, that COVID-19 is forcing a lot of businesses or startups to do is, is, is to think differently about surviving through this, through this process and, 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 and make sure that, that they can set themselves up to thrive when, when, when things get better. And, and, and one way to do that is to really embrace digital because now what COVID-19 has done is, you know, uh, I mean, I mean there, were, there were a lot of people that were spending time online, you know, whether it's on a mobile device or, or you know, using all these different types of apps. But, but, it, but now it's forced a lot of, uh, you know, it's forced a lot of people that were kind of on, 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 on the border about doing that. So, so now, you know, the, the more people are now being forced to adopt these new habits of, of spending a large pr- proportion of their life online, whether it's buying online, you know, c- c- connecting with, with, with people online or, or, or finding ways to entertain themselves online. And so, you know, the businesses that, and, that are going to sort of thrive and survive are the ones that can adopt these new user behavior habits that have been created. And, and so, when it comes to startups, you know, you know, it's it's really important to to think about, you know, how, you know, how is this changing the way people are spending their time ultimately, and 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 where they're spending their time, and 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 how can and how can you make their life more convenient based on these challenges that that we're going through, and and so you know, the businesses unfortunately that are struggling to to what you were saying, you know, the ones that were you know like retail businesses were kind of struggling to a certain extent before. And the ones that, that, that have been able to, to withstand this better are the ones that ended up becoming, you know, multi-channel. So they were, they had, you know, the ability for people to buy online as well as buying and buying in retail. But the ones that didn't uh, are, are struggling, you know, a lot, I mean, a lot of the local stores, unfortunately that, that, that never really had the ability to, to provide products or services through through the internet have struggled right now too but you know having said that you know some, you know it's created different ways for businesses to, to survive too like like restaurants have now pivoted to where they become these you know where people can just you know take out and and and, yep. and, and pick up and 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 it's and it's changed the way like you know where people used to use a lot of like you know um rideshare companies to 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 get from one place to another now those drivers have pivoted into becoming delivery drivers pretty much full-time right so you know i feel i, I have you like my <laughs> use of doordash has gone up a thousand i know i know me too and so you know i feel you know you know the the key thing is that you know any businesses that 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 can focus on on making that digital experience better for someone are, are, are going to do well post COVID, but the ones that were completely focused on, you know, uh, with a, 
offline experiences without really having a digital component are, are, are going are gonna to find it challenging. But the good, the, the good and bad is, you know, you know, the companies that, com you know, companies now are, are, are pivoting or changing the way they're doing business in some way, shape or fashion to adopt to the new reality of what the post-COVID world is going to look like. And, and, you know, ultimately, you know, with startups, generally you have to go through a couple of different iterations of what your business is before you end up becoming really successful. So, you know, this is, this is another phase where they're, they're going to, you know, where, where they're reinventing how, how they can kind of adopt to the new reality of where we are. At or where but, I mean, but you, you definitely have businesses that, you know, are in a way based on like this, this experience is an experiential thing, like a, a movie yeah. theater. Yeah. So, uh, the, the virtual version of that we we already had, which was just streaming from home. So like uh, like a movie did, I believe uh, I just read an article uh, earlier about um, AMC doing some type of deal with Universal, and I'm curious to see what that's going to look like moving forward. But um, I feel like a lot of businesses are without the that consumer confidence sort of just become obsolete. They they just kind of get phased out. Yeah, I, and you know. You know the movie experience, and 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 just like you know, you know, kind of going to a restaurant, going to a bar, going to conferences. I mean, a big part of this was was more about just connecting with people, right? Being social in real life, and you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, right now, that's the thing that I miss a lot, right? It's just you know, you know, just just having that human connection. And and that's where you know social networks uh, and and even a lot of these types of apps like like gaming apps where people are actually congregating and playing games together because it's a way for them to still kind of stay connected even though they're not in the same place at the same time. And this is where you know Envy, you know, uh, is you know is, is helping to fill a need too because uh, Envy, you know, people are able to create this virtual reality worlds of where they want to escape to and 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 they're able to like at least transport themselves away from just thinking about where they are right now in, into a virtual virtual world and making you know all these like friends and connecting with people in in a virtual environment in, in, in yeah in a virtual environment where where even though it's virtual but the feeling still uh, you know, people still have the same feelings about, you know, wanting to be needed and, and wanting to be validated and valued. Right. So, yeah, but yeah, you know, I, I you know, I feel like, you know, there's, um, you know, you know, there's a lot of cabin fever going on right now and it's going insane. And, yeah. and so, you know, the, the, the thing is, you know, what kind of businesses can actually come in and, 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 and give you that sort of, you know, like, like, what's the new normal going to be of of going out? Because, because you know, movie theaters, as you mentioned, you know, you know, you know, you know, for the most part, people don't want to be going to a place unless there's going to be you know, like they're going to have to rearrange the seating or come up with different ways of. I've seen a couple of drive-ins pop up. Yeah, yeah, drive. There's actually a drive-in near where we live, and, and you know, I mean, we checked it out a couple of months back. But 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 yeah, the idea is. How was it? 
<laughs> it was it wasn't too bad, you know. Uh, but but it's it's the idea is you kind of you know now people are just creating their own little pods within pods, right? Where 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 you sort of have a pod of people that you kind of know are, are sort of you know doing similar things in terms of their lifestyles. So 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 then you you, you kind of feel safe about not needing to, you know, just just isolate yourself from them, right? And I, the thing that I thing that I find hard, and I have kids, is 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 you know, like when you're young, going to school, having those social interactions. A lot of that's gone away right now. With with with, with you know, a lot of school that's kind of moved into being online, Zoom, or, or whatever. And the question is, how is that going to impact them? You know, because socially, we don't really know that. To be honest, until we kind of look back at 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 this, you know, group of um, kids in two, three years down the road, because that's when a lot of the the, the social behaviors that have been changed are going to manifest themselves, right? Well, I mean, hopefully, I mean, because um, my kids have pretty much been doing everything via Zoom, like you know, yeah. talking to teachers, talking to friends, or FaceTiming yeah. or whatever. Hopefully that that holds them over temporarily. I mean, it's been driving me nuts. Like, uh, yeah. for instance, not being able to like physically do the podcast, or not being able to, I don't know, go sit in a restaurant and do stuff like that. We we just took for granted for so long that now, like, I would literally do anything. Yeah, to to go and just sit in a movie theater and just you know just something simple like watch a movie. Um, I feel like the pendulum. Hopefully, when it when things sort of start to calm down, is going to swing back the other way, and literally everyone's just going to run out of their homes and just be outside. I mean, hopefully, and like you know, people won't be so weird anymore. I was at like a, a Walgreens, and everyone was just like, you know, you're just afraid of everyone. I know it's it, it, it it's 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 it 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 is crazy. But one thing that we know as humans is that we're pretty adaptable, right? Based on this, on the situation. And yeah, I mean, I mean, none of us were even thinking that we're walking around with masks. It looks so crazy when you look at people in Asia wear masks all the time. I know. You used to think they were the crazy ones and now it's us, right? (laughs) Doing the same Uh, thing. Look at us now. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but, but yeah, I mean, my kids, uh, you know, obviously spend a lot spend a lot of time on devices now and and it's like now it's now it's creating a whole different kind of addiction way trying to get them to come let, let's go outside let, you know let's ride a bike go on a walk or whatever it's like no you know that, that that's a whole but how do you how do you feel about that how do you feel about uh the kids using devices you have um people who are proponents for them being so tech savvy because my daughter i believe i bought her an ipad when she was one you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's this very intuitive thing that she kind of caught on to immediately. And then you have other people who believe that kids shouldn't be allowed to get devices or be on social media until they're like 18. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean like you, I, you know, my kids were exposed to devices early. And, you know, I mean, there's obviously, you know, benefits and cons to anything depending on how, on how extreme you go into something, right? But the reality is, you know, these kids, are, you know, just like other generations, are going to be a lot more savvier with technology because they can just pick it up 
And, you know, you know, for us, like typing things in, they're probably, you know, they're, they're all about just voice now. I mean, my kids just, you know, I mean, I mean, that's the way they kind of communicate. It's, it's not about, you know, emails either. It's about, you know, text messages or, or whatever. But, but the idea, but, but the idea is, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to deprive them of that because otherwise they won't be able to relate to the, to the greater cohort of users of, of other kids that they're going to have to interact with when they go to school. So, so they're going to have some commonality on, 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 on how to connect with, with, with the other kids. You know, I feel the challenge obviously is, you know, how much, you know, how much do you sort of, you know, moderate and, 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 and what kind of, you know, restrictions do you put around it? I think part of the challenge as parents right now is that is, is is if you're working from home, it it it's like you know how do you set boundaries between when work stops and or because because everybody knows where you are for the most part, yeah. and so everybody's kind of sending you emails, you know. But but I feel that um, you know, like with kids, you know you know it's you know it's you know it's 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 a matter of you know putting some restrictions where you try to get them to take some some breaks as well you know and 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 just like with anything you just got to have some kind of balance where you know spending time time on a device is 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 more like a privilege than a right you know where where you just get it yeah yeah i mean i i feel like there was a point where this was uh it was a situation where it was a privilege where like i remember when my dad bought uh, and I might be telling my age a little bit. Uh, my dad bought our first computer and he called Dell on the phone and like, you know, they shipped it and we set it up and it was just sort of, it was optional. You could still do your homework in a multitude of other ways. Whereas now it's just assumed that you have a computer and it's assumed that you have internet access. So it's it, now it's almost, uh, and, and I think we should treat it as such the the internet's a utility. Like you don't really have the option of not having, yeah, and you're right. You know, uh, I might age myself a little by saying, you know, you know, one of the companies I started working for was the uh, the internet dial-up service provider. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm familiar with the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but but it's funny. It, it's not. You know, it, it's it's funny how you know in those days where even to get on the internet, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you were willing to like, you know, give up your phone line and, 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 and now it's like, you know, it's like you turn on the device and if you don't get the internet right away, you know, even if yeah. it's like two seconds a little slow, you kind You're of losing your mind, yeah. lose your mind. Yeah. But, but I think the other thing that you bring up too is, is access is so important too, because because before it you know it wasn't like a lot of people had the internet, but now you know people that don't have the internet are missing out on 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 access to learning all this stuff, and you know that you know that's where I feel, you know, you know the government and and institutions have to do a better job to make sure that in this new digital economy or digital world or or whatever you want to call it, you know, at, you know that 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 everybody kind of, you know, is, is moving up together and, and people aren't getting left behind because that's, that, that then results in social inequality as well as a lot of yeah. other issues. Because yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing that sucks about the way government works, especially now is you have all of this, like, you know, all the politics and all of the bureaucratic nonsense yeah. 
Whereas yeah. technology is moving at like light speed. Yeah. So they're they're creating new technologies faster than like the people who I guess govern could create laws to sort of like rein this stuff in. If it if it should even be raining. Um there was a situation where a kid strapped a gun to a drone and was flying it around and technically he didn't do anything illegal. I mean it like people were freaked out, but like we I think at the point where the cops are sort of like until someone gets hurt or something happens, like we can't really enforce or, or do anything in relations to like what's going on. And like, yeah. you know, in terms of a ton of other stuff, speaking of kids and social media, you got what's going on with TikTok, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, my one kids thing are that, obsessed, by the way, my it's kids a- are obsessed with, with TikTok too, you know, it's like, but what, I mean, one thing that I would say, you know, whether, whether it's uh, a positive or negative is that the creation of having a, a, the ability to, to video somebody on a mobile device is profoundly, is profound because the reality is there's so much good and bad stuff that happens around you, but you've never been able to record it before, if that makes sense, you know? Of and, course. And, and, and so, you know, now people are sort of saying, oh, wow, I didn't know things were this bad or, you know, there was this much inequality. The truth is it's always been there, but, you know, but, but, but the filter of where you're getting your information was, was, was biased to, to, to whatever we'll show you now you know it's like it's you know, democratized, you democratized. so i think that's really powerful yeah. and 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 so you know in in that process you know uh talking about tiktok or whatever the what tiktok is actually showing us is that people's attention spam is getting so much smaller because now you know i mean i mean i mean when we <laughs> exactly. sit patiently and just watch like a two-hour movie now you just want all this snackable stuff, right? Like you just quibbies, you, like you know, like quibbies, you That's be like, the whole thing. You 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 don't want to know how you don't. For example, you don't want to know how the meal was made. You just want the meal, right? <laughs> when you want. I eat. mean, that's super dangerous because it is. It is that yeah. I mean has nuance and has to be yeah. studied, and discussed, yeah. and broken down, and yeah. like you know, you can't get it all in like you know uh, a yeah. fifteen second clip. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, you know, the bigger problem that, that all of this thing is creating is the lack of patience, you know, yeah. in kids and, 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 and humans in general. And, 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 and that's, that, that, that's, that's really dangerous because, because, because the reality is that people expect something right away. And, and the truth is it's not just because you plug your, plug your computer in that, 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 that that it's working. There's a lot of things that go un, under the un, behind the process, under the hood that you don't even know about. No one cares and, how the Superman. No, no but, and, 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 and 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 the worry is, you know, like you said, you know, if if people kind of get into this mindset that everything is just instant all the time, or or everything is just there for them, who's going to build the real stuff behind the scenes to continue to fill this? insatiable appetite for just wanting stuff all the time right you know you think that's a real danger do you think there's a danger of there being less like no scientists less engineers and less people with the imagination to go out and build these things that we take for granted i i i think um you know you know you know 
the bigger danger is that the people that have access to all of this, you know, can will 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 develop interests in wanting to build things around this. But the people that aren't getting access to this in the first place won't even know what they're missing out on, right? And so, you know, it's like the you know the bigger divide is you know um, is, is is people that 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 have their hands on on technology pretty early. If you, if you look at all of these like founders that end up creating all these like, you know, successful companies, I mean, I mean, I mean, a big part of that was that somehow they, you know, at an early age, you know, they, 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 they had their hands on this stuff. And so they were developing all of these habits and then they started thinking around like, how can I make this experience better for myself or for somebody else? Or, or there's something missing here. So there's yeah. something missing here. But the people who don't even have that, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you know what's going to happen to them, right? And, yeah. and, 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 and you and I can talk about TikTok, but, but we know, you know, that there's, there's people in the world who don't even know about TikTok, right? Let alone, you know, YouTube or, or how to even get it, you know? That might be the next big frontier. Uh, I think yeah. um, when you're talking about the excitement of um, emerging markets, and I think technology benefits from like you know diversity because you have new problems that no one thought yeah. to even try to solve. Yeah, you know, I feel that you know, yeah, the emerging market has really sort of taken you know, take, taking all of this, all of the benefits of technology and then trying to spread it, you know, to, to parts of the world where people don't really have it, you know, and, and, and part of the problem is it doesn't, it, it doesn't spread as fast because if you kind of look at it from a monetary standpoint, may, may, maybe you don't make as much money, you know, but, but if you look at it from a, from, from, from a human standpoint and, 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 and one of the other things that I feel that hopefully people have sort of figured out from COVID-19 is the world is a small place. It doesn't matter, you know, if, if you're here or if you're on the other side of the world, you know, it, you know, you know, we're so interconnected now. It's not like it's their problem and not our problem. You know, it's, but that's how most people in the United States think we kind of, that's have right. This, yeah. Like, compartmentalized yeah. idea of how the world is set up. Yeah. And, and so, and so part of that is, you know, it's like, you know, if, if, if you end up, you know, if, 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 if you know something's good and you kind of keep it to yourself and you, and, and, and you don't spread it, eventually, you know, the people that are deprived, you know, are going to, you know, I mean, I mean, if something happens adversely to them, that stuff is going to start coming back to you. You know, it's, yeah. there's, there's no benefit to just ha to what you're saying, you know, you know, just just thinking about yourself all the time. You've got, you, you, you got to realize at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're a small piece in a huge puzzle and, you know, what, what one piece missing on the puzzle impacts the entire, you know, uh, picture of what the puzzle is going to look like. I mean, hopefully people start to figure that out, um, especially yeah. when we're talking about uh, problems that impact and affect us on a, a human level, like, you know, like uh, global warming. And is everybody's problem? You know what I mean. Poverty on, especially on a global scale, is everybody's problem. Um, sickness now, again, we we thought it was something that happened somewhere else on the corner of the globe, somewhere that we just yeah. watched on TV, and now it's it's very real and it's sitting home. 
Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I feel, um, you know, you know, the hope is that, yeah, this will this this will open up more eyes, but as you and I know, is that there's still people who who feel a lot of this isn't true either, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> because and that's the other problem with the internet, right? It's that's like, what I was gonna say. You can you get misinformation there too, as well as you know, it's like you know, what's what's the source of truth? Yeah, deep fakes are like the scariest thing in the world to me. Like that's like the next like you already have like this whole fake news and people yeah. in in positions of power eroding people's trust in the media, and then you have people just kind of posting whatever and fake news is spreading just as fast as the truth and you can't really tell the difference anymore. And it's, it's a scary world that's, that's kind of emerging from this whole thing. Yeah. Because, you know, the reality is whether it's true or not, you know, if, you know, people, people will end up believing it if they keep getting exposed to it, right? Enough yeah. times. It's just like, you know, advertising be evil right because because you basically are just creating messages to try and you know influence people to do something and, and there there might not even be any motivation behind it. there are people that are just generally creating this news to to create chaos there are people yeah. who are trying to affect elections there are people who have whatever agenda and us sort of moving into this like Hopefully, I'm I'm exaggerating, but this post-fact era is terrifying. When you can true, when you can choose your own truth, it's like you know, everyone's retreating to their own corner. Everyone's becoming very tribal. It's 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 a very weird world to live in. It is especially it facing is. the issues we're facing. That's right, and as you said, you know, generally, you know when you become tribal, you, you generally just having people in the tribe that think and act and like you, right? And so, so, yeah. so, you, so, so it becomes kind of a sounding board to just reinforce whatever inherent biases that you have. <laughs> and it's like the, the government is sort of devolving into a Reddit chat room. And it's like, what, like, what do you do to sort of keep, and hold back like this this tide i mean it's i mean you kind of just go with the flow i guess um we're gonna begin to wind down this has been an awesome conversation yeah um really quick out of curiosity because you chose technology obviously but if you had to choose any other profession in the world besides tech what would it be i always wanted to be a professional soccer player really yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i mean i, mean, I grew up uh, playing a number of sports, uh, but I, you know, I played. Uh, I grew up in England, so soccer was big there. Uh, you know, I, you know, like I played. I, I was a Liverpool fan, but but this is the, finally they won the title. You know, I've been like uh, waiting for this for like over thirty years. <laughs> but but no, nah, I've, I've been a diehard Liverpool fan for 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 a long time since I was a kid, actually. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I love playing soccer. I actually played through college for part of the time, but I was getting quite a few injuries. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, for me, that, that would be my dream, you know, to, to play soccer. Why and, soccer? Like what, what about the, that? Oh, well, yeah. So what I, what I love about soccer is, is, um, is, 
is a team aspect, right? Everybody kind of has a role to play. And, you know, generally the position I used to play was like attack or, or, or attack midfield. And, and, and I used to love like dribbling with the ball and trying to get past players and then and, and trying to like, you know, create an opportunity for somebody to score or, 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 or to score myself, you know, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, for me, you know, it, 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 it was kind of the, kind of the camaraderie of just, just being with a bunch of guys and, you know, and, 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 and you know, cause one thing, um, well, this is, this is kind of my take. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, biases and, and, and issues that people have, but, but, but if you look at, I mean, you just take professional sports as an example, nobody cares what color you are in professional sports. The fans don't care what you are. Cause ultimately you, you, you believe in, 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 you know, you know, this is my team, you know, these are my people and, and we want to win. Right. So, so it is funny, like, you know, outside of sports, then, then everybody starts, you know, looking at things through a different lens, but. But, you know, but, you know, but as a team, like, like I played with a diverse group of people and, you know, I mean, it was always, you know, you know, this is kind of like my brother sort of thing. It was never about, Hey, this is this guy or, you know, this, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, I, you know, I think, you know, if the world kind of looked at things like that versus trying to like, look at what's different, but look about, look at like, you know, what, what, what kind of unites us? That's what I like about team sports, yeah. ultimately, because when you play team sports, you know, you know, the focus isn't really on, on the individual. It's about the collective group and about playing to your strengths because not everybody's good at doing everything, but, 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 but ultimately you're working together to try and bring out the best in one another, not, not to try and bring one, one another down in the process, right? Because, you yes. know. You yeah. can only win as a team. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, the I mean, hopefully, like uh, overall, like we start looking at things um, in terms of what we have in common versus what we have um, different than each other. And um, I'll try to be an optimist. I've been like very pessimistic about like you know the way things have been going because like I don't even watch the news anymore, man. But um, that was that was really interesting. I I would have never guessed soccer. Yeah, I, and, and to be honest, I don't, I've stopped watching the news for for years now. You know, I don't I, I don't bother looking at it because, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, they're saying the same stuff, right? And and it's like, you know, most most of the time it's all negative because people just want to gravitate to 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 to, to negativity. And 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 the truth is, you only have twenty four hours in a day. You know, I, I mean, I mean, your mind is like a sponge. If if you st- you know, you know, if if you spend time looking at anything that that's negative, it's yeah. it's it's gonna just keep permeating in your thoughts, and 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 and, and eventually, it's just gonna sort of you know manifest itself in in in, in the way you conduct and act around. That's people. that's part of your your overall diet. Like that's how I like yeah. to think about it. Um, yeah you eat junk food all day that's right you're you're going to be a relatively like you know unhealthy person so if like all of the information all you're consuming in terms of like content and you're just watching all this negative stuff it's it's going to have adverse effects in the way you interact with people and how you think and how you interact with other human beings around it yeah it's it's so important you know basically uh you know uh just 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 try to try 
try to focus your time on on things that can build you up versus tear you down right yeah. and that's the hope all right yeah. thanks so much uh Loman. i i appreciate like you taking the time out to sit down and talk to me um this has been great hopefully we hey. can do it again in the near future Definitely. Thanks for having me, man. It was, it was a pleasure. I didn't ask you, um, where, where are you located? I'm actually in New Jersey literally right now as we speak. Okay. Okay. So the East Coast at one point was like, um, I guess on like, you know, from the, <laughs> the general perspective, it was like Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. Dome situation. Yeah. But now I think we're sort of the best place to be. We're kind of trying to keep everybody else out because life is sort of kind of like you know coming back to normal I, I i went to a restaurant the other day it was kind of yeah. empty but i went to a restaurant the other day it was nice so things are starting to go back to normal where are you i'm in um, san francisco in california and and we're kind uh, of the same uh, thing yeah. you know i mean for the most part we've been pretty strict here but you know you know as a state you know you know uh, when they started loosening up some of the restrictions things started to go back up now it's kind of coming coming back down but yeah, it feels weird. Like you know, went to a restaurant. Maybe uh, like like everything's kind of spread out, and, and you know. It, but, but at this yeah. point, I'll take what I could get. I, I'll take. I'll. I'll, I'll you know, oh. it's, it's good. Yeah. It's, but but it just feels. Yeah, it just feels weird. Where you know, you just have to walk around with masks now, right? <laughs> and you're trying to have conversations with people. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It, I, I don't know. I think right now it's it's um it's just as much a, a courtesy as a, a medical like necessity yeah. because you know people if you walk into a room without a mask people look at you like you're you're like yeah. wildly rude person yeah. so hopefully things get back to normal soon yeah and 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 to be honest you know you know i don't mind wearing a mask you know and and do my part to stop the spread because you know you know because because it, it's not you know i mean some people look at it well I'll probably survive this, but it's not about you surviving. It's about what if you like infect that. someone who doesn't, right? I like it. The yeah. Same. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate this again. And um, I, I guess I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, All man. Right. Later. Weekend. Bye. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Catalyst Case, Sendstroke, Wildhorn Outfitters, and of course, Blue Microphone. This is Reg. And you're listening to Thought Hack.